right. So, hi, I'm Dr. Leslie. Hello, I'm Lisa. <laughs> and she is obviously our first episode. <laughs> connection, that lovely quote. The places we go when we search for connection. Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dr. Leslie. This podcast is about a conversation on uh, Brene Brown's work, Atlas of the Heart. We want to explore those emotions ourselves because as a leader, unless we actually understand our own emotions, we can't lead others. That's what I believe and I think we both believe. Absolutely, you know, and that whole idea about self-leadership has to happen first if we are going to say, well, actually, I'm a leader of other people and I'm good at doing that. Well, we actually need to have that self-leadership ingrained and really understand that. I would like to start with asking you a question. Sure. What happens, where do you go from your, looking back, where do you go when you're trying to connect? What's the go-to place for you? when you've um, searched for connection in the past. For connection and thinking about the past, or probably more so now, I'm connecting when I'm with people who appreciate me for who I am, who don't judge me, and I don't feel judged. And I know that that's something that's an internal mindset and, and mind chatter that can go on about that. But you know when you are in uh, a community of people or with like for you and I, you know, just with the the um, the friendship and the the peer relationship we have here, that there isn't a judgment of like you know this Leslie and this doctor and like she thinks she's just so clever because she's got this doctorate and you know I might not be able to talk to her because you know she'll sort of know more than me or she'll make me feel stupid and I've had a lot of that which I find really interesting because I don't see myself like that at all. So <laughs> you're not. She's <laughs> not like that at all. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Um, so yeah, so. Those probably those key words, a bit like what you read out, what um, what Brene Brown says is, you know, that that lack of judgment and feeling that I know, like emotionally, like that feeling side of it is, I feel calm, uh, I feel very relaxed, um, and I'm not worrying about what I'm going to say and thinking like, oh gosh, you know, they might think I'm stupid or that might sound really dumb. Um, and that they've always got something more clever to talk about or to say. And I have felt like that in the past. So that's connection for me. I think that is we can only feel belonging if we have the courage to share our most authentic self. Our sense of belonging can never be bit more than our self-acceptance. And I think I spent a lot of time, and I know we've discussed this, when you're thinking of connection, I've spent way too long trying to fit in in my life. Yeah. And we go into situations and whether other people actually make you, like you you behave how you think you should behave so they'd like you or I think conditionally as you've got to look back, how have your parents have told you to fit in, the community you grew up in would have affected the way that you think is the best way for people to fit in. Yep. But it's all about looking when I think you're in those situations when I'm triggered, I think that's the key. Is like, why am I not just being, oh, when I'm with you, I'm relaxed. Mm. I'm not having to think, oh, did I say the right thing? Or, yeah, yeah. would Dr. Leslie not like me now because she thinks, you know, mm. I love that you celebrate my diverse mind. You're one of the only people I've felt that I could totally be me and you actually celebrate that I'm different from you. Mm. Good. And you're interested 
on how I'm thinking. I see it as you've made me feel valuable. Cool. Which other people have, yeah. like, they've made me feel less. Yeah. Not more because I'm different. What do you think that is? Like, why do you think they do that? I mean, I'm thinking about it in my own story here too, but, like, with, with what you just said, why do you think people make you feel like that? I think it makes them feel uncomfortable because I'm different. If not me personally, they feel uncomfortable when things actually challenge their own beliefs yeah. or challenge the way they do something that they think is the way you should behave to fit in mm. or to, to mm. belong even. Mm. We all have our own stories in our own minds. So when when it actually challenges that and someone fits in in a different way or behaves not what you think is, like not how you would behave, it challenges you and it makes you feel uncomfortable again. Yeah. And think, sorry. That's where I think it comes from is their own self. Yeah, because I was going to say self-esteem, you know, that whole um, if you don't feel, and I've sort of, you know, th- thought about this over the years and I can I hear myself saying it in different um, training workshops and things that I do, that that whole idea of um, when someone doesn't really feel that good about themselves, the best way or the easiest way to feel good about themselves is to put someone else down because they are then feeling better because, like, well, if you're not as good, that must mean that I'm feeling better. And I think that that's quite a significant um, or a common thing with self-esteem is I don't feel that good about myself, but if I make her feel shitty, I'll feel better. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, so, and I don't think it's a conscious thing that they do. What I've done, though, um, you know, when I think back over the years is I've taken on that, gosh, I must be shitty then because they've told me that that's what I am, you know, whatever the language is that they Yeah, use. I know. I feel less because you've told me I'm less and now I've got to compensate that by trying to prove that I'm more to you. Yeah, and well, then a self-doubt, you know, like, yeah. oh, gosh, maybe I aren't. Maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I'm not that intelligent. And also we do have, like, I am not good at some things and it's about accepting them and going, but you know what? I'm excellent at other things. Yeah. And so that's when I think you celebrate my strengths. Mm. And same, vice versa. And I do. I love... You know, like like my husband's OCD, I see that's a strength. Yeah. It's a challenge. There was a time where I did see it as annoying because it was me feeling less because I couldn't be as organised as he needed me to be or what he wanted me to be because I was like, I'm less because I can't be as good as you. But then I realised, like, I'm amazing when it's chaotic and chaos. Mm. He could not survive in that situation. Mm. So there, that's why together we work. But it is a, he's not judging me. No. But when he was picking up a cup, I was like, he's thinking that I didn't do that. Where I 100% know that he just was like, I'm putting that cup away. But our own brain takes us on this little journey. Yeah. And I think that looking external again, when you were saying like blaming other people, the reason I feel people do the judgment and blame, especially like when we talk about my daughter's bullying, is like it's so much easier to look external. Oh, absolutely. When you feel that and someone's making you feel less, or you say someone's making me feel less, it's way easier saying you're making me feel less than saying I'm making myself feel less. This, to me, also, like I totally agree with you, Lisa, you know, how do people get to know how to do that? You know, because it is so much easier. Like we, we live in an external world, and, you know, things that happen around us and we let them affect us and influence us. And, and there's a real learning point somewhere in our lives we get to do that where we get to understand, I suppose that's self-leadership, isn't it? We get to understand that we need to to really recognise that internal dialogue. We need to really recognise that when we start to feel a particular way, it's what we're telling ourselves. It's not what the other person's saying. It's what we're, as you say, reacting, responding to that. I think there's a, um, 
I don't want to say a maturity around it, but there has to be some point where maybe some of us need more help to know how to do that. Like, you know, last year I had a mentor who actually helped me work stuff out like that. And I was doing lots of journaling, which I found really, really useful. You know, that's sort of 58 years. I know. You know, I know. Like, I know. Why did it take that? Why did it take me to feel good stop? about myself? You know, not that I haven't, but to actually really accept that um, what I have to offer is important. What I have to offer has value. You know, the friendship that I can to can offer other people like you is actually, that's really important for me. And when it's reciprocated, that's just such a good feeling. Mm. When it's not reciprocated, I get into that. I don't now, but I would always get into that. Oh gosh, well maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe they don't like me, or why don't they? What did me? I say wrong? Yeah, maybe I said something that upset them, and now as an adult, I think it's definitely a maturity thing. But now I know they've gone home thinking the same yeah. stuff. They're still thinking maybe I said something. Yeah, they're not thinking about me. Yeah, and it's taking ownership. I think it took us too long, partly because of the last few decades there wasn't that self awareness. We yeah. didn't have people talking about it yeah. our parents didn't talk about it I hope I think the next generation is a lot more aware of self I do think it ought to like it would be nice as teenagers if we learned that because mm. I would so help 100 yeah. but I think that the that's why we're teaching people now and that's with leadership is like I didn't know in my 20s that I could learn this yep yeah exactly and that's the difference is now we actually know it's available yeah to learn and it's also, when you look on that internal, I think you have a choice. You look at what your values are. What is important to me? I think that was the step one. It's like, what do I care about? What's important to me? Who do I care about? Because there's a lot of people who are going to give me opinions that are really unimportant to me. And I'm in my value group. Mm. And then also the, um, okay, this is who I am. I actually love all of it. Mm. I know I'm messy, but I love that. It's part of who I am. I can choose to learn to get better at that if I see, okay, I'm not very good at that. I can choose to work on it or, and I can also choose to accept it and say, I'm still okay because I'm not good at ball sports. I'm still okay because my body shape is this way. Yeah. I'm still okay even with those faults. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not a fault. It's who I am and yeah. it's actually perfect. And I think that that's why this podcast and the series that we're doing is just so, so important because, and it has real meaning, is because, you know, if it were me watching us talking as a younger Leslie, uh, it'd be like, oh, okay, right. Maybe that's, you know, it gives me something to think about and to understand. I think that word understand is very powerful. Um, and and part of that is is having people or or strategies or things that actually help us to understand. But if we're doing that all on our own, and all we are, and we're doing that in this, this sort of isolated space where we haven't got other people helping us to understand and work out what this all means. Of course, it's going to take that much longer to mm. get to that point. As I say, like it's taken me a number of number of years, but and and part of that too is that as I've got older, I've been able to work out who can help me, as well as you know developing and forming the friendships and the relationships that are going to be supportive and and you know the, the shared values and things. But the other part of it too is, and I, I think again, you know, why we do why we do this podcast is that. But where are the where's the answer to that? Like, you know, who can support me or help me with that? Who's going to be the right person to do that? Uh, and I think that's a bit about what you're saying too. Is the and what we're saying here is we find those people because we feel connected to them. We find those people because they do have the same values. We listen to their 
you know, I've had coaches and mentors in the past where it's like, well, it's a very short-term relationship because I don't think that they're actually being particularly authentic. I don't think they're very helpful. I don't think they're really invested in it because they're interested in, my, in me uh, and helping me. And then I find people who do, and it just makes such a difference. Oh, it's a game changer. And I yeah. think having as a leader, and if you are be building teams, having the same values is the key. You don't have to be the same. Like you don't, and that, you know, it's actually not healthy if you were the same, but it does matter that we have the same values, you know, very similar values where we're not, like if I, kindness and curiosity are my values. If someone, I see other people judging or purposely being mean to someone, that is zero acceptance. And other people wouldn't have that same value and that's cool. Yeah. They're not wrong. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I really am not going to be on your team. If I see that happen, it's going to make me feel too uncomfortable to watch that behavior. Yeah. And I think once you know that yourself, it gives you the opportunity then to choose where is this someone I need to fit in with? Is this someone I need to connect with? Is this a place I am going to feel belonging or is this a place where I just do my job and then I move on? Yeah. Which is also okay. Yeah, absolutely. So it's both of it's, it gives you the choice. Yeah. Yeah. But it all starts with, I'm strong in self-acceptance of my weaknesses. Yeah. Because. And that's the self-leadership of a good leader, isn't it? That that's the self-leadership, which is, you know, what we're talking about here, that's that first step is that actually really knowing yourself, understanding yourself, accepting yourself, knowing what your values are, knowing what's important. And then that whole, I think what comes with that is the willingness and the desire to 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 work out what's the influence I'm having on people. You know, like if I communicate in a particular way, I watch what happens in response, but that's still my responsibility, not theirs for responding a particular way. It's like, oh, well, you know, if they don't if they don't like what I say too bad because it's what I say because I'm the leader. Um, for me, it's the other way around. It's like, so if they responded like that, what did I say or what did I do? And was I being true to my values and you know, that whole self-leadership is the, was I actually communicating that well? And I think that that happens so much is that it's, that you, you said earlier about blaming, that it's always about, well, that person, that's that's their problem because, you know, that's how they see it. Well, too bad, I can't yeah. change that. Like, well, actually, I think it's a lot about we've got to look back to ourselves. I mean, I'm very aware of that, is that if you, for example, start frowning or start saying, oh, I don't know if I'm really comfortable here, you know, I have a choice to say, well, too bad because you know what I'm saying is what I'm saying or I can look at it and think like wow what am I doing that's making Lisa feel like that that to me I think the the curiosity as we both share that as our same value and it's like when when I'm looking at feedback obviously in design and advertising we give a lot of feedback and I realize when someone if you gave me feedback on design it doesn't make me feel less I'm leaning in with curiosity. Why don't you like that? Mm. I need more. I need more information from you. I don't think I'm less. I just think we haven't got on the right page here to give us something that we could celebrate together. I don't think I'm crap at design. I just think we need to communicate better. How I ask more questions. I'm curious. Whereas if someone judged me on... Like even, to be honest, before you can, I'm like, I need to be tidier. I need to get all my paperwork organised because before I think Dr. Wesley sees, I'm completely messy. She might not love me anymore. Like you go through, we jump to them automatically because it's habit from childhood. My whole family did that before people visited. Yeah. So it's automatically like, what if they see that I'm a messy thinker? Yeah. 
which now as I've explored more my brain and seen verbal and visual thinking, it's okay to have piles for me because that's how my brain works. The more information you give it, the clearer it gets. Yeah. But having that knowledge, I didn't realize other people weren't like that. Yeah. And that's the difference is now I can look and think, did you overwhelm that person with too much information? Are you annoyed because that's something you're lacking or is it because of yeah. something they're not doing? Yeah. Like it's really funny, even yesterday um, when we were out and about with your friends and I caught myself occasionally thinking, oh, it should be more funny. <laughs> these, these guys are having so much fun because they're very quick, they're clever, they've got, they're witty. And I'm sitting there trying to sort of be a bit witty and thinking, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work. I'm like judging myself, self-judge, self-judge. You know, like it's just so easy to fall into So it. quickly to jump back I into it. Oh, absolutely. And didn't mean I didn't enjoy my day. But every now and then I caught myself thinking, a bit like you saying, oh, I need to be organized because Dr. Leslie's coming. Like, you I don't even can. see it. You know, but then yesterday I'm like, ah, oh, I need to actually have a joke here. <laughs> There was absolutely no need to have a joke, but I felt like I didn't feel left out or anything. It was that self-expectation of like, I should be able to be different when I'm in this environment because everybody else is like that, so I need to be like that too. Whereas actually rather than celebrating the difference, that what I will bring into that dynamic is going to make that dynamic even better Yeah, rather than the same, you know? I came home and said to Mike, we had the best day because we're all have the same like Dr. Leslie's so funny we both got the same dark sarcastic humor we both laugh at the same we giggled so much yesterday Mike and I think that was really good for us yeah so I didn't think you okay. need to make more jokes yeah. so like you saying that is like I actually thought you were hysterical all day yeah. so my perceptive was you added heaps of value yeah and you're looking thinking I don't care about your mess yeah, yeah. It's our own perception not yeah, so bring it into that leadership space again. What comes through for me there is what's so important is, and it wasn't yesterday, but uh, if let's say if it was, is you telling me that? And then I'm like, oh, phew, okay. So I didn't need to be funny because actually they found me funny anyway. Yeah. Or for me to say to you, and I'm just thinking this, you know, with leaders with their, their teams, is that if you don't tell people that, and they don't know. They're not mind readers. That's even when we know in, in our teams, in our relationships with our partners. Yeah, I've learned that. I think that's the only way we've probably stayed married for 30 years. You said that when you got here. It's like you sometimes get to a point in long-term relationships where you have those explosions because you needed a conversation. Yeah. And I think like with my relationship, we don't always, because our old habits, Yeah. Yes. we don't yeah. always talk how we should. But one of the things I know with Mike, like my partner is, we always do end up having a conversation. Same. And that's what I've realised is missing mm. in other people's relationships is they don't actually ever deal with it. Mm. And to be honest, we've had we've gone to a psychologist to get help to deal with some of the things. I, and I think that's needed. Sometimes we need help to have the conversations, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially as we're saying when we were like, we, I've learned tools from that. That's given me more skills just in normal life, yeah. more of myself. But having someone there who's totally, I think when we're mentoring, we're not emotionally attached yeah, to the yeah. moment. Yeah. It's that objective. Yeah. And we sometimes have got so many emotions overwhelming, especially when we love someone and we're in that tight relationship, yeah. that you do need external help. Yeah. And there's, that's actually now that like we can help each other. Yeah. And what you said before is knowing that you can ask for help and that's cool. 
because there's mm. everyone's suffering got their or everyone's got other stuff going on yeah and and with that still is that you know you can ask for help you need to ask for help and you work that out and then you find the right people who you know are going to be the people to help you I think that's so important and that's that that connection particularly that word connection again is the that you will know that that person is the right person to be your coach or mentor, your you know your, your buddy, your confidant, whomever. Um, because and you were saying earlier before we before we came on camera was that whole thing about trust. That if that trust in that relationship is, isn't there, that connection won't be there. That sense of belonging won't be there. You'll be going reverting right back to um, that you're trying to fit in. Yeah, so coming back to that, you know, we're saying about um, the connection and belonging is you know if we think about our relationship. And like Lisa and I met, oh, what, four years? About three, four, three yeah, years ago. Three years. Yeah, on a, on a program that we're both involved with. And it was a, that, that step by step, which I think needs to happen. And I think, you know, when um, when we are a manager of, of um, staff or we move into a leadership position of a team, that there has to be that step by step, oh, let's get to know people, let's find out what they're like, let's find out what the, who they are, you know, let them know about ourselves. I think that's critical. We have to let them know about ourselves. You were saying that earlier. And that, you know, over those three years, um, we have found the synergies. We've worked out where our differences are and that, again, that accepting of those differences. Um, but that's because we have taken the time and we have, uh, so for me, one of my values is that that intention, that real genuine intention to to get to know you, to get to know who you are, to find out that you're messy, you're never organised, you know, you come into, you know, <laughs> you know but that um, if I wasn't, if I didn't have that, held that value of, of you know, genuine intent and, and being genuine in, in response um, myself, then I don't think we would have, that our relationship would have been, wouldn't have been sustainable. Yeah. You know, and I would say the word I would use is authentic. Yeah, I love that word. You... I, I remember the interview, like um, to go in and interview for that program and you would have been in the leadership program, you were choosing people to go in. And I remember sitting in the group interview and looking at everyone else in the room and going to Zoom. Every single person had letters after their name. <laughs> that was all I, you know, for yeah. me, straight away that triggered me in terms of me going, oh my God, what am I doing here? There's all these smart people in the room. <laughs> Why am I here? Okay, cool. This is just practice interview. It doesn't matter, Lisa. You're learning by practicing. You wrote a new resume. But I think I did show up with no letters. I did show up as my authentic self and said, this is who I am and yeah. this is my skill set. And you you took that as you didn't think, oh, well, well you don't fit in. Where are the letters? Where's your education? You took me, oh, well, I can see you would add value to this team. And that, yeah, that'll be because of, because of how you came across about, you know. Of probably showing myself. Absolutely. And I think as where it started was showing that authentic self yeah. by saying, this is who I am. And then you saying, well, that's cool. Cause that's actually still valuable. Like it's still valuable. That yeah. is valuable. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. go, I think we sometimes don't show up because of that, mm. because straight away we could look and it feels so uncomfortable to even apply or mm. to be in that position. Mm. So but as, about, sorry, but just to, just to interrupt, think about how many connections we miss because we do. I was just going to say, and as a yeah. leader, yeah, think about people not speaking. Yep. Think about people. I think if we think about how people different respond, I know when I did um, the Dare to Lead training, it was like 
very often I would avoid a situation and in a leadership role, I would just go around that person completely so that I don't have to have a yeah. confrontation. And so as a leader, that's not helpful once you're the leader. Oh, gosh. No. So you need to know that that trust is there. You need people to not feel that they have to sideswipe you or feel invisible or... Yeah. I, th I think this with that, there's always the, um, the intention and the ability and the decision, the choice to learn how to manage that mm -hmm. so you know i do workshops on how to have difficult conversations so i do you know, a lot of that with leaders is that you know difficult conversations are going to be par for the course you know in what in all sorts of different sort of contexts but if i'm not prepared to learn how to do that because i think that's some again it's somebody else it's that person's problem you know like i'm just doing what i'm doing and like why aren't they just doing the job um, and they're not prepared to have those, they're not prepared to learn how to have them. They're always going to be served and navigate all the And I would say that's one of the most, I see you one of the most valued things is that having those words to be able to, like even Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, it gave me tools mm -hmm. to be able to go in there. I was excellent. I realised at feedback conversations in design and in my area of obviously what I did, there was a lot of conversations I was avoiding. Yeah. There was a lot of conversations. There was a lot of places I was trying to fit in. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, even the, you know, when we're talking about connection, the clear is kind. I was actually not being kind by having, not having those hard conversations. Yep. It was Absolutely. one of the biggest things that hit me mm. from that training. It was like, kindness is my value, mm. but you've actually been mean to people because you confused them. You didn't give feedback because it would have made you feel bad. Yeah. Not because it would make them feel bad. Yeah. And that knowing that as a leader, like it was one of the biggest things when I finished her training, I was like, you need to work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Also being willing to work on it. Oh, exactly. Is the exactly. Key. It's oh, like absolutely. not going, oh, well, they've got a problem or some people, I'm not ever going to do this and I'm never going to put myself out there. I'm not going to go and apply to that program. I'm not going to be here and learn and, you know, in the, in the program we've been in for three years, like you've given me so many skills of how to facilitate meetings. And I see that as a massive gap that mm. some people don't have that mm. skill. How to start those conversations, massive gap. How to give good feedback, mm. massive gap. It is a huge, like I realize like, oh no, that's one of my strengths then because most people don't have to give feedback every day. Yeah. Yeah. And also for creatives, it's so personal and you've just, it's very hard. Yeah. So you have to get better at it. Absolutely. And I think there's, um, you know, when you talk about language, I think that's, you know, we, we, you and I have conversations about communication all the time, whether it's in the leadership space or not. But, you know, that language and knowing what that language, I, what language to use. And I think too, really importantly, is like what that language, the, the impact that language will have on the person who hears it. You know, so like, taking the feedback example, like I love the model that, that we use now, you know, you use in your mentoring and in your, in your um, creative, in your goal setting and supporting in your creative space uh, and with your team. And, you know, that we, we using language that people will want to listen to, not language that stops them from listening. So, you know, I always use that analogy of, um, you know, the, the age old feedback sandwich, you know, it's like, oh, you did something really well, but you could do this better but you did do this well. And no one's going to listen after the but. 
We all know that. Whenever I get a but, yeah. whenever someone says to me, you did a good job, but I forget about what the good job was. All I'm going to hear is what comes after the but, which is going to be something that's not so good. Yeah. And so the... But. Yeah. So the, oh. So the, oh. Damn, but what? Again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So whatever comes out of your mouth or the person's mouth giving the feedback, it's not going to be heard. That person doesn't want to. Because now I'm just like, oh, yeah. she doesn't love yeah. me. All this stuff's going on in my head. Yeah. I'm not even yeah. listening to a word you've said exactly. anymore. And I'm feeling crap now, you know? So I think there's a lot, there's a lot around that, coming back to what you said, and I think I said earlier too, is that that, um, that ability and that willingness and that intention to want to do it better, to want to do it differently. Because we want the other person or people, be it an individual employee, a, you know, a, a peer mentor, a team, we want them to feel that they are being heard, that they contribute, that they are belonging, that they feel connected. Like we're talking a lot about our own experiences and how we feel about that. I think, you know, we then put that into that context and you're sort of like, okay, so this is actually how it can work in that leadership and that, that um, organisational context. I think how do we create that you know and I know that you're like a really kind human but like obviously me coming from the world of advertising and people care about money and people care about as leaders time things happening and I can tell you this is value add oh you know that if your team is self-leading you don't need to worry if you are going to get way better results so it's not like because I want you to feel like you belong it's because actually as a leader, I want good results. Yeah. And and I personally think that might be more the reason than I care whether you belong. As a, I do want to lead in that way. Yeah. And have that openness. But really, it comes down to what I want. What do I want? A successful team. What do I want? A team that thrives. Mm. That's what I want. How do I make that happen? By listening, making sure my team feels safe, yep. having communication, Giving good feedback. Giving good feedback. Yep. So they are things really self, always selfish. Yeah. And I think understanding that's not wrong. Yes. But it's also saying, okay, let's be honest. This is why I want it to happen. But what do I do to make that happen? Where are the tools? And I think both of us, we didn't have those tools available to us when we were younger. When I was made a leader in my job, probably mid-20s, because I was really good at my job. Mm. I think naturally I had some leadership skills. Now I've looked, um, I do lead it. I do lead some bossy, but <laughs> I still, there was so much help, especially as it's all male teams I led. Yeah. And I don't, oh, I could have improved. Now I look back, there's so many ways I wish I could help myself. Like I could tell myself and say, you know what? Guess what? There's tools you could have been learning that someone could have given you. Mm. Not one, you sharpen, just do all the work because you're good at it, or avoiding those people who are not talking or doing what you want. I've probably played the game of, you know, ask for forgiveness, not <laughs> not permission. Yeah, yeah. That's a game I've played a lot um, because it's like I then don't have to talk to anyone and avoid it, but then I get through and I know, oh, I'm going to be all right on that because I trust myself. Yeah. But that's not if I'm in a leadership position. You don't want that sort of stuff going on. Yeah. I think too, you know, just building on what you're saying there is the the there might not be that uh, as a leader is I want to create a sense of belonging. I think that can be in the thinking, but I think by the actions and and those intentions again is that's what will happen. 
Like I know for myself, you know, when I was in an employee position, when I felt that I was contributing, when I felt that, I didn't need people to say like, oh, wow, what a good job you're doing, Leslie. But it was really nice to be acknowledged that I had contributed, what wanted to go back the next day. But when that stops, when you don't feel valued, and I was thinking, I was just looking at some of the words I was writing down before, you know, when we, when we were talking about that this is our, our emotion, you know, the word today is this connection and belonging, that 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 feedback, that that acknowledgement really validates, you know, like for me internally, it validates that I do have something of value to offer, that I can be part of this, that this is actually, this is important because it's important for them. When you, when you don't, when you feel that the, it's not important for the other people because all they're interested in is where's the financial return, where's the financial yeah, return, yeah. make the money, make the money, make the money, which is, you know, that's that's part of it, as you say. I mean, organisations, businesses have got to survive. But if that's always brought down as the only message or the only purpose or the only value to that individual or that team. That's not going to work. People aren't going to stay. No. I'm I think that's around. one of the problems now with why people are leaving. Yeah. Because they're not getting anything and they're no. not, it's so profit driven instead of that perfect purpose driven the purpose driven businesses are the one who's going to thrive yeah you can be profit driven but it doesn't mean they have to stop communicating and liking and and actually acknowledging and valuing and valuing you make that profit you know valuing the team in terms of (laughs) when i have a team like my housekeeper is just as important as my web developer yeah because i think um rory sutherland was saying that like if you go to a restaurant and, you know, it's a top restaurant. They want to get a start. They want to get a hat. They want to be the best restaurant. It doesn't matter if there's a shit in the room. The cleaner is the key person. Mm. It won't matter how much you make that top department better, or the food better. You can do anything unless you have someone in your team who cares. Mm. With the cleaning, just as important as that chef. Absolutely. So you, you need to make sure that those people know that. And they realise that their job is just like, it is just as important to to me to run the tree. The person who's folding those sheets and putting them away, Mm. if you don't care, it takes too long, it's ruining the whole system, it's key. It's just as important as anything else. And a lot of people don't see their worth when they only, like they see it as just, I'm just folding sheets. Yeah. Not seeing that big picture and that's a leader's job. Yeah. To show them that what, what value, yeah. where, what's the purpose yeah. of what they're doing? Yeah, what difference it makes. What difference yeah. does this make? Not when you're just looking like this, but mm. to our whole company, you're making a difference. Mm. And your opinion matters if you can see something that would improve the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I've done company culture, I found the people on the floor, they're the people who give me the best, they're the gold. Because I go and ask them questions. They're using the systems, not the leaders in the office. I go back to tell the staff. Mm. They're using what's going on. They have great ideas. And when you see leaders who want those ideas to come up, Mm. who want to incorporate them and celebrate those ideas when people bring them forward, you'll see companies thrive. Oh, absolutely. I saw a huge difference in um, during COVID on that. Yeah. The team, the companies where they had that, compared to companies where everyone felt insecure, scared, didn't know what was going on. Yeah. That communication within the company is key. Yeah. I've just re- <laughs> I've just realised I've been saying absolutely. 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 I'm just like, I will find another word. Um also Sorry, we'll be back, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also 
you know, put it in, put it into perspective. <laughs> put it into perspective. Some dad put it into perspective. I also was thinking, I know we've been coming on for. We'll need a time for the next episode because I'm unsure when we have to stop. Uh, not quite yet. Okay, cool. That, that leader on their own can't make the profit. So if it's profit-driven, like you, this was your example just before, and I was thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I've got something to say there, but I will at least finish because I've got to do that. But that leader without their team can't make the profit. So you can be profit-driven, but you can't do it on your own. You can't make it happen. Why can't? I mean, that just makes so much very logical, very easy sense to me, and yet there just seems to be this disconnect all the time between the expectations that either is of the leader in an organisation, company, or the self-expectations they have and you know the the mission and actually their purpose and what we're trying to achieve here and the connection with like actually we need everybody here like your your example with your the, the retreat you run here and the cleaners and the person follows the sheets if you don't have all of that working in equilibrium it's just not going to happen so why don't we figure out that we can't do it on our own like i worked that out a long time ago you know like i'm, I'm my business is successful but it's not because it's just about Leslie or the fact she's a doctor. It's the relationships. I know that's the part, but um, <laughs> it's the relationship she's built. It's the energy that she puts into people who help her in a business. It's it's recognizing that I can't do it on my own. I don't see why that's such a hard concept. And yet sometimes you hear these stories, and it just seems that they they just haven't got they haven't worked that out yet. You know, these people that are at the top of the the company, and it's like this is where we are. And whoever else is down there, you get on with it and you sort it out, but make sure that you meet our expectations. Like, hang on a minute, you know, that's that, I don't know, there's just something about that that doesn't I work. think that the often, very often, the top, that top layer is the same type of mind. Yeah. Like if I look at, you know, our husbands, those, those teams are made of the same type of thinkers. Yeah. And when I argued with him recently why it was so important to have diverse teams, um, he said to me, though, you, you just don't know how long that takes. Yeah. And right. I like, I understand that that takes longer. Mm. It's a harder conversation. Mm. It's going, yeah. you're going to have people in the group who say, actually, no, I don't agree with your vision, but that's actually going to make such a better result. Right. And I feel like it's just been maybe not having the tools because, again, do those those people on that top level, in order for them to under, to get that feedback, they've got to look at how they think and then also understand that there's different perspectives and they're not wrong. Yeah. That's the key. But it also means if they do that, are they wrong? Yeah. And that's, that's what part. makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The fear comes in. Yeah. The anxiety comes in because it's like, if you're right, am I wrong? Mm. Mm. and it is also that's what happens with diverse brains it's like because i do it this way am i saying you're wrong yeah yeah and that is then fear anxiety all the other things that come with am i less or am i doing like we want to so much be right mm. and that is what i think happens with those top leadership teams they become so focused on doing it right but it's their only their perspective of right mm. I think too, like, you know, I think the one of the words that Brene Brown used that you um, read out before is that, you know, that authentic self. And 
I can think of so many stories I, you know, you read about in social media and the literature and, and people who tell you these things that particularly like for women leaders, for example, uh, and not just necessarily women, but it is one of the examples where they bring their authentic self to that role. But if the other people in the leadership team don't have the same values, don't think that that's the way to lead, you see people starting to, well, they leave, like the, this person leaves, or they start to change. Oh, And it's just so sad to see because it's like, oh, but this person was exactly what this company needed. But they're, if they're working on that on their own and everyone else around them are saying, no, nah, you don't do it this way, you do it this way. If you're going to be part of this team, you've got to be like this. Yeah. You've got to behave like this. You know, again, it's that we could come back to those words too about belonging and connection. Like there isn't any sense of belonging that. So like you said earlier, so you're going to find it somewhere else. And so that company loses this amazing resource because, yeah, because of that culture that's existing and that diversity that's not being, you know, that in inclusiveness that's not being celebrated, it's not being embedded within the culture and within the way that people are thinking. And what that company has decided are going to be as a company, as a, as a group of people, you know, so that, and it's that as you, you and I both know, it's such a big topic, this diversity and inclusion. And there's so much work to do on that. It's far more than having a piece of paper and say, we've got a policy, which is what I hear all the time. Oh, we've got a policy for that. It's like, yeah, but actually are people practicing role modeling it? And when you said before about mission and, you know, we've got purpose, well, obviously with brand strategy, oh, everyone's got them. But do the people, are you acting? Mm. And do you have integrity with the act? It, do the people on floor see those values being passed through the company? Yeah. When you interact with every human, is it really clear what those values are? Because a piece of paper with some statement that is a value or a purpose mission statement looks nice. Looks nice, but unless you actually have the acting, it really is bollocks. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything at all. Bollocks. bollocks. We're allowed to use that word. I don't know. Not swear it. Um, so I think that that's also it's like that loneliness. Yeah, that's what came up. Brown, so really, is one of the um, things was the heart of loneliness is meaningful social interaction. It's feeling that connection with people. Because I think sometimes you can be so lonely even when you're in a job every day. Oh, people don't realise oh, yeah. that you can feel lonely. It doesn't mean you're alone. No. You can feel lonely when you're in a group of humans completely in a team every day and they can be suffering so much with feeling lonely, mm. someone in mm. that team. So it's not about that. It's actually feeling listened to. Mm feeling that someone cares about what you said and feeling that, especially as humans, it's a social society. And unless we have those connections, it's, I think genetically we won't thrive. Yeah, yeah. We, we need that because socially that's actually what makes us thrive as humans. Yeah. Individually and as a, yeah. as a species. Absolutely. And it's part of our brain and biology is we have to connect to thrive. Absolutely. The ecosystem is that work. Absolutely. Absolutely fabulous again. Thank you. <laughs> so, so just saying, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe sort of wrapping up a bit here, but um, you were telling me about, you were sort of showing me some of um, Brene Brown's words around this because she has some, you know, she really, really does. She's dug deep. Express it so well. Yeah, she's dug deep. And I think she said it's all learning. Like even from her, you think someone who studied it, that's what I think people really need to know if we're still practicing yeah oh like you know so much and you've been doing this so long i'm a doctor 
I know, Dr. Leslie. She Just still doesn't know everything, I have to tell you. Not really. And also, it's like, it's an everyday. And even yesterday, like, what yeah. we said is you felt those feelings. Yeah. They jump in because it's natural for a human to protect themselves. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to, like, we don't want to put ourselves at risk. I want, I want to be part of the group. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, you know, you want to be part of the tribe. Yeah. It's how, as a society we've evolved and how we actually do thrive. Yeah. We need to be part of a group. And I think it's a lot missing in today's society where I've realised, you know, like my mum, she talked to everyone in our street, even our last street, we all looked after each other. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of places in the world now where you live in a building and you won't even trust your neighbour. No, and that trust and fear, it just... We can't be connected. Well, it creates a different reality. We can't connect mm. if we don't have that. So mm. it's something that we need to work on for ourselves and we need to work on um, as a, for society to thrive yeah. in general, yeah. I think. It's really key. And I think that that happens because, you know, in terms of I'm thinking about a message from today, you know, there's lots of messages that, that we've sort of been making and, and points we've making that um, around this topic and around this thinking, around this whole thing Connection. called leadership is the you know it starts with you starts with the individual in the sense of uh, i come back to because i'm speaking for myself here that understanding myself i was you know that that self-leadership that's like you know what are my values what are my beliefs what are the things that um motivate me what are the things that like how do i make those decisions what do i base that on and do i really understand what that's about or do i just sort of like oh that sounds like a good idea let's go and do it you know, like I don't, I don't act like that. I haven't got that impulsiveness. I think it could be quite fun to have that occasionally. But you know, it's like, don't worry, it's like, you know, don't worry. Lisa, <laughs> yeah, Lisa, yeah, that's why we get on so well. Um, but that whole understanding that that's who I am, and that, like you were saying, you know, that's who I am. That's that that's okay. But it's because I've put the work in, and I think this is for me, and I think it is a, an important message. I've put the work in to get to that point, not just hoped it might come or not just or just ignored it and thought, oh, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing because it's all I know, you know? No, you've. I, it takes work to look it's internally. Lots. And yeah. like I've said, it takes work with my husband. It takes work to have a good relationship. Yeah. We've spent time and I think, like, we've both got skills in communicating. Yeah. And we've had to... It take, might not seem like it. Yeah, yeah actually... <laughs> It's taken time for us to get there. And I thought it was interesting like when you said, um, you know, I love you for Mickey Mouse and all the things I collect. And it did make me think, would you have accepted that if I, when I met you? And it, it is sometimes you've got to say, as you were saying, it's small. Mm. No, because of human nature, when we see someone who's so different from us, Mm. It actually immediately makes us feel, and be aware, that's natural. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you feel uncomfortable. Mm. It just means I need to get used to being uncomfortable, dig deeper, what's going on here? When I get those warnings, whereas before I would run away, now I'm willing to be curious and dig in. Yeah. I'm like, why do I feel this? Yeah. Is this mine? Is this my baggage? Is this belief that aren't important anymore? Is this something that is true? Do I need to do something about this or is it actually not important That's for me? That's self-leadership to me. 
Yeah, like I re- yeah, what you were just saying. And I really recognise in myself that three years ago when we met, I really wanted you to like me. Here we go again. You know, here's Leslie who needs people to like her. You know, and you know, you say these things on on the in our meetings and the community practice meetings. I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing. I didn't say that. I should have said that first because I, sh- you know, I'm the person who's leading. Yeah, I mean, I, I, seriously, that is mental. I know for me to hear that. Yeah, for because me, you and like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're Doctor Leslie. I, I was feeling less thinking. Listen to me, crap on with my bollocks <laughs> the whole time. So understanding that exactly is key. And looking back. You know, like uh, now, I would think, oh, for goodness sake, why would I have ever felt like that? Yeah. But I know back then I did. But the difference for me is that I actually recognise that. I reflect back on that and think, oh, that's what I was doing. That's what I was like. And I know I don't do that now. Well, I did a little bit yesterday. But, you know, I don't, I don't, yeah. because I know I recognise that in myself and I've done a lot of work on myself, my self-leadership, um, to, to not fall into that trap all the time because it's really just self-defeating you know it's not how I'm not helping myself by thinking like that it's just comp- always comparing and thinking I'm never going to be good enough which is just rubbish you know oh and it make anybody feel good our habit brain like you know like I'm totally into learning on that and our habit brain is thinking so if 80 percent of our day is habit thoughts so if you've been thinking I'm turning 50 this year so I've had 50 years or maybe 40 years god you're young 40 years, oh, everyone's young, my friend. Um, the 40 years of le- of those maybe not useful beliefs is what I would call them. I call them they're not useful. So now when a belief comes in, when I'm mentoring or if I'm coaching, and I, you'll hear me say that, they get annoyed, is this a useful belief? Is that something that adds value or does it not? Yeah. Is it useless? Because is it yours? Mm. Is it your belief or is it? someone else's belief that you've been carrying because very early on you saw that behavior or you saw that behavior like you said and so you swayed and think that might be the right behavior but when you take the time to pay attention and you can actually say is this useful or is it not useful do i need this yeah or do i not need it i know this isn't sort of quite what we're talking about but it just made me realize when i was thinking about trying to be funny yesterday and it it and it's made me realize that I remember getting a message for so many years that I laughed too loudly. So I'd laugh out loud, you know, and and like I would get people saying like, oh, that's a really loud laugh. They're quite a judgy, very judgy. Yeah. And so I'd stop doing it because I didn't want to, you know, for me it was like, oh, so I'd go, no, I'd just shut down, shut up. Because it's like, well, obviously they don't like that or maybe I do laugh too loudly and that's obviously not a good thing. And I'm just thinking now, you know, I was thinking yesterday about, you know, I want to be all funny and witty and ha, ha, ha. And, and it's like, maybe, you know, I I have this sort of self-doubt about that because I got that message, not just from family. In fact, it probably wasn't even family. It was, it was more like in the workplace. And it was, you you should behave like this. And I'd get a little bit in the social, some of the social things. And they wouldn't necessarily say you laugh too loudly, but it would be something similar. And I think about that, no wonder I think, oh, Maybe I'm not really funny. Maybe I haven't got much to contribute, you know, to this because I'm not witty and I'm not like humorous and you know I'm not really quick off, you know, off the ground with my my um my witticism or whatever. And I'm like actually, that's come from a a message that I got over the years that it's I so wish I hadn't had had that message because it made me think there was something wrong with me, and that I was behaving inappropriately because I laughed too loudly. But people would tell me that, you know, it's like. Wow. You have a loud voice. 
everyone can always hear you. Yeah. That's what, and when you are told that, uh, you know, and also it's like when you are ADD or when you actually don't even know that, or you're always careless, you're always like this, you're always like this, it does affect yourself. Yeah. And we do react because we want people to like us. It's natural. It, when we're talking about connection, it is human. It's the only way we survive as species. Darwin's theory, natural selection, we survive when we are connected as a tribe. And in the past, we have been very different tribes in the world. And, you know, if someone was different and they, you would be warning, let's attack that person. We don't need different because it could make our tribe not safe. Mm. And what we've realised as we've connected with more and more tribes in the world, actually those different perspectives, those thoughts actually makes my tribe stronger. Yeah, yeah. I then can deal with different things now because you bring to the table visual things, I bring to the table this, and we're actually going to be stronger, not weaker because of the difference. But that's something absolutely fabulous. And that is I something. <laughs> and what I've loved is also, you can see, someone who I looked up to, that's what's so cool. It's like, I'm like, what? Like, you are amazing and I would never think these things of you. And unless we have these conversations, when you've said, it's like, unless we had these conversations, I would never know that. And when I hear that, honestly, it's making me giggle that you would think that because I'm like, you have no idea that is so not yeah. what we were thinking. Like, I honestly, it's opposite. That's what's really weird. It's the That's opposite. So and it's that yeah. one of the things I was going to read yeah, out. No, no, it's like Before the what end else of the episode, I would like to say, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of acceptance. Yeah. So self-acceptance. Yeah. It's key before you can, if you think I don't fit in or I don't have connections, you don't actually, you start with going in. That That's what I think people don't do. They start by looking out for connections. Yeah. When you actually look in, and I know I've done that, you look external to blame, external for where people who are the same as me. Oh, like me. Oh, it made me actually laugh when I realised that we actually choose friends that basically reflect her own ego because it's like yeah. so everyone is a reflection of our ego because when I see my ego in you it makes me feel good yeah and I was like yeah that's actually what we do and that's why we feel threatened when something's different yeah because biologically we've been taught mirror yourself because it makes me it's all about my ego really education school too it's all about me mm -hmm. I think that self-acceptance is really, really, really key, like you're saying, um, really key. Like, really, <laughs> really key, my friend. It's absolutely key. <laughs> because when I, when I think about where I am now and who I am now, uh, I'm very comfortable with who I am. So if someone doesn't like who I am, that's actually okay now, whereas in the past, like I've been saying, it's like, well, what do I have to do to change or be different because I want them to like me? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it sounds ridiculous when I hear myself saying it out loud, but that's what it was like. Now it's like, now it's like, <laughs> it is. Now, <laughs> yeah. you're right there. Yeah, yeah. And now it's, it's, 
um, I don't want to say like I don't care, but there's a little bit of like, actually, I don't care because I'm actually really happy about that. It doesn't worry me. Mm. It did. And now it doesn't, you know, and that's a really, really nice place to be. But that's because, like we've been talking for the last hour and a half. Because we meet next time we'll have a Is that... <laughs> Oh, I am going to say for her, <laughs> obviously I should be a doctor. We need to finish. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Doesn't matter. I've got no qualifications. Dr. Leslie. Um, the reason, I think it's interesting what you say about care. Yeah. I don't care because I know a couple of different leaders and some some would say, my husband would say, and I know um, I know when Christo talks a lot about leadership, he's like, you can't care about what other people think. It's only about what you think. Yeah. But when Lynn, Brene Brown mm. does that leadership training, she's like, it, there's a difference because we do care. Yeah, Naturally, as we humans, we, do. we have to care. Yeah. But what you actually get to choose is, who do I care about? Yeah. I would actually care now. And I think that, you know, you would say, if you gave me feedback and said, Lisa, and I think we would be honest, or if I made a mistake and I said, I've just done this mm. with our mental partner, you would listen. You'd say, yeah, well, that was a bit of a mistake. Mm. It wasn't. Or get up. What are you doing now about What are you going to do about it? What yeah. are we going to do to take action? How can I help you take action? Yeah, that's good. I'm here alongside with you. I'll be here. But that's a core group of people. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. You're lucky in your life that's four people. <laughs> four people who are absolutely fabulous in your life is all you need. And once yeah. you find those people, you life is good. Life's good. Yeah, I've put, you know, like, again, you know, when we were talking about this and planning this, yeah, I've put, you know, you've got to be yourself. That's where it starts. Um, and I want to be with people who accept me for who I am. You want people to be with you, let your light shine. When you're yeah. shining bright, I don't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Insane. I feel basking yeah, in your glory. Exactly. I'm, I'm so pleased, so pleased yeah. for you and I want that light to shine. And I, I know that I'll, I'll get something from it. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know that light is making you feel warm. Yeah. That light's a glow for you to share, whereas other some people, when that light goes, it makes them think that their light's going to be yeah. less. And if I'm your friend and you're really funny and I don't have to be because I think, oh, she must be too because he's Lisa's friend. Well, you're my ego. Remember, I like you because you're really funny. So if you think I'm really funny, it's because you're really funny. You're both super funny. Well, we think we are. We think we are. To each other. Yes. But the last sentence was true belonging, I think, and connection doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. Is that would be, isn't it? So just to finish, finish, what I, um, what's a strategy or two that you reckon that we think would be really super helpful for people, our listeners, you, um, to be able to do anything, do something with what we've talked about today, We're about connection, belonging, values, self-acceptance, all those sorts of really key things that we've talked about? I think the first one, we've said values is key, so I will... In the description of the podcast, we will put Brene's Brown Value Exercise and working through that. I know we I do that with my mentees and it's so beneficial. Getting down to two is hard, but believe me, you can do it. You keep going and you get there. Um, so then you know that what your values are because I think we spend a lot of time not knowing. And I know in my early 20s when people said, I wasn't living in my values, but I had no idea what they were. 
And that's probably when the things have gone a bit pear-shaped in my life, to be honest, is when I've not been living in my values. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing them gives you sort of like that, is this something that's in my values? Yeah. And I know when I've helped, especially with neurodiverse, knowing those and using that as like, does this belong to me? Is this in my values? But you can't do that unless you know them. Yeah. So I would start with values and I'd also start with looking internally to know, well, actually start paying attention to how you respond. Mm-hmm. When when you were with me, you started, you were paying attention. Why am I doing this? When you actually make a comment, I'll be like, oh, why does this make me feel like this? Instead of before when people triggered me, I'll be like, I'm never going to go near them again. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to look and say, well, is this useful? Why am I triggered? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Is this me or is it something that isn't actually important and my brain's making up bollocks? Yeah, and that's the other part is, I don't know, we were talking about this earlier too before we, we came on camera, is that, you know, what is important, that by doing that values exercise and I think what Brene Brown does, um, you know, in terms of that drilling down because then you really do get to the crux of like what actually is important. Yeah. And if we, again, you know, if we don't know that, if we don't do that work or we don't know how to, and that's why we're giving these tools here uh, for you to use, is if you don't know how to do that, you never really find that answer. you always got this confusion about, so why do I feel like this? Or why do people do that? Or how come this doesn't work? Or why don't I feel part of this group? You need strategy. Already the tool strategies, we talk about it all the time, that um, the more that we know, and you said, you know, when you were younger, if you'd had those tools then, mm. Uh, how much easier life would be. Um, so that's what we really want to do here, apart from having a really good conversation and having some fun, is to actually give you some tools and some strategies every time we meet, every time we do these these um, episodes, something that you can go away with and do for yourself. And what we'd really like too is for you to do that and then to put in the chat, what was the what, what did you find out about yourself? How did you find that exercise? Did you find it really useful? Yeah, that'd really be cool. cool. That'd yeah. be cool. So we get the feedback and... Getting that in the comments would really help us and we can have more conversations. Yep. I know we will be going live. And if so, watch out for that in our socials. Well, we can discuss this further if you want to come and bring your thoughts to the table. Thank you very much. Thank Always you. be curious. Yeah. That is the most important thing, you know, I say. Thank you very much for listening um, and for listening for this long. <laughs>